0: Amen. Hey, once again, we're in our study, World Religions, Colts and the occult. number 13, Charismatic Chaos, part two. Mary, what's the tagline? I didn't even write it. The old old history? Cause... Yeah, hardly even had to do the fake voice. That's right, we're moving on our uh, wonderful there actually I don't know maybe I did lemon juice and after a while it appears in there I don't know old uh, seminary technique but uh, no that's not what we did hey by way of recap the untold history of the charismatic movement we've been dealing with their history uh, dispelling the lie on part two part one was dealing with the aberrant teachings even though haven't we just dealt with that just continues on even part two doesn't it Uh, unfortunately Uh, but the premise is hey the reason why it's so weird the reason why you don't understand or agree uh, because it's uh, you know it's the last days movement of God that's why it's so special and so you know it's not we've been seeing throughout history, this is the same old, same old that's been dealing with. Now, to fast forward through 1,800 years, Azusa Street, then they split, they spread, they go to Oneness Pentecostal, which is not Christianity, it's a works-based salvation, 1914. Then they birthed the Assembly of God the same year, Amy uh, Simple McPherson, Foursquare, another major charismatic uh, denomination, 1927, Catherine Kuhlman, Benny Hinn was born in 1952. Uh, Then came the Tent Revivals, okay, and now the Tent Revivals, basically instead of going to them, they're coming to you and to your location, spreading this thing that we all got to speak in gibberish you got guaranteed healing if you sow a seed to their ministry that whole that's when it started and it popularized of course by oral roberts who also then it went from kenneth hagen kenneth copeland jesse duplantis in fact let's go ahead and rip through some of their pitches there kenneth ooh, you got you got, i'm getting mileage out of that one you know what i'm saying that one, that's a the creepy picture then of course jesse duplantis of course we dealt with him and then creflo what's that last name that's right I still find it interesting dollar so but uh, and then of course as we saw uh, if you were here last time unfortunately it's not just men uh, it's the women. okay and last time we dealt with Paula White is also proclaiming this word faith false teaching name it and claim it uh, blam it and grab it and if you notice it's even beyond that right it's it's that's just the tip of the iceberg of the false teachings that's coming from these people that Jesus went to hell and things of that nature. Uh, Marilyn Hickey, we dealt with her. And then, of course, we finished up with Joyce Meyer, who uh, apparently doesn't believe her own teaching because uh, if we're supposed to have guaranteed health, then why did you get a facelift? Right? Come on, we're just dealing with the facts here. Okay. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys have seen the video that's out there now with Kenneth Copeland. As of, uh, if, you're, if this is going to encourage you, uh, he's out there now, it's on tape, if I had time I would have shown it to you tonight, maybe I'll show it to you the next one just to throw it in our study, but he's out there right now uh, he has now, because remember they're little gods and they have the power to deem whatever they want uh, the, he's out there on tape saying that as of 12 noon on May 29th, uh, which is already passed, hello uh, that the, COVID, uh, uh, the virus thing is gone COVID-19, because he declared it to be Yeah, really is the key word there. But anyway, but the world watches this. You know what they say? You bunch of wackos. And again, we get lumped into this, and no wonder it's so hard to try to witness to people today. Okay, now, that's what we've been dealing with that. But unfortunately, that's not the only lie, okay, that the charismatic movement. Uh, is uh, promoting today and leading people astray with. What we're going to see is the charismatic movement is a part of another lie which is called the ecumenical movement. Okay? And specifically that we need to merge back okay with catholicism i.e the vatican you are go like what that's crazy roman that's not they're not even christians it's a pseudo fake uh, christian religions we saw for 12 weeks in our study on roman catholicism okay and let me just define that for you because that sounds like a christianese word ecumenicalism ha 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 right so it's defined as listen the organized attempt to bring about the cooperation and unity of all believers now doesn't that sound great yeah sounds like a good thing that's the generic phrase here's the problem what they really mean by that ecumenical movement as far as quote in the church is what they don't tell you is all believers they mean is all believers listen even those outside of Christ who are not Christians no matter what they believe whether they believe in Jesus or not that's the ecumenical movement it's like what no we're supposed to be like minded right or our sole faith of rule and practice for beliefs and spiritual things and eternal things and everything is right here in this book right? It's defined for us. How can you say that somebody who doesn't believe in this book or they say they got another book or they got another way to, how do you work with that? But that's what the ecumenical is. It's basically unity at all costs. But see, here's the cost. The cost is they throw out the truth. That's not biblical unity. Biblical unity is around this book as God defines truth. But the ecumenical movement says, no, it's unity at all costs. And again, what they throw out is the truth, okay? But the Bible says, obviously, if you read it, which I highly recommend, that we Christians do not join hands with somebody who not just has a watered down version of the truth, but certainly somebody who is leading people astray uh, to a false path. There's only one way to heaven, and if they say there's a different way to heaven, or they say their way to heaven is better than your way to heaven, which is only one, you can't work with those people. Yeah, you witness to them, right? But you don't come together in this ecumenical thing, and hey, we're all Christians and we're all believing the same thing, we all got to work together. No! Now, that actually what i just said was very uh unpopular today in the church it's not politically correct right it's like who are you You you're an extremist do you think your way is the only way i didn't say it jesus did right how many times we got to quote john 14 6 what jesus said i am the way the truth the life nobody comes to father but me by me that's it he's the only way to get to heaven that's it i didn't say it. jesus did right But today, that's called exclusivism, okay, and it's one thing for the world to think that, but it's coming to the church. But God says when you come across somebody who believes in a different Jesus, a different way to heaven, when there's only uh, the biblical Jesus and only one way to heaven, you do not join with them. In fact, the words that God uses is yoked, okay? Now, that that sounds like a creepy word, isn't it? It's not Y-O or Okay, it's Y-O-K-E for those of you wondering. But uh, yeah, that would be exceptionally evil. But uh, open your Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter 6. That's our text. Because you think, oh, Pastor Billy, that sounds extreme. We've got to work with people. I mean, there's, there's too many things going on in the world. And and all. And don't you know that the cause of all evil and wars is from religion? Actually, that's a lie. We dispelled that years ago in our prophecy studies. Did a great uh, resource from uh, Carl Teichroon from Canada. He actually did all the research on that. And you know what the number one cause of wars on the planet is? Historically, hands down, political reasons, not religious reasons. People wanting to take over countries because they want it and things of that nature and those kind of skirmishes, okay, uprisings, political uprisings, not religion. So that's a myth. But anyway, 2 Corinthians, okay, chapter 6, don't be uh, equally yoked. Don't be yoked with, with unbelievers. Here's what he says. Now, verse 14 says, do not be what? yoked together with who? Unbelievers. Well, why not? Now, are we supposed to witness to him? Of course. But notice he says, don't be yoked. Okay, why? Well, he breaks it down for you. He says, in essence, it's common sense. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? What's the answer? Uh, Nothing. What fellowship can light have with darkness? What's the answer? Uh, None. What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Belial is a variant of basically saying Satan. So what harmony is there between Jesus and Satan? Well, if you listen to Mormons, they were spirit brothers that's one of the reasons why we don't join in unity with the Mormons hello okay but that's what he says what what harmony is there between Jesus and the devil what's the answer uh none okay we'll keep going and he says uh he says uh what what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever right now we witness to an unbeliever we we love him and share the love of Jesus with him and that he's the only way but on the same hand we don't say yep we're all going to heaven you don't do that okay And he says, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them, who's them? All the what? Non-Christians, non-believers, all the people that are not following Jesus, but basically following the devil, all the people that are following not the truth of God, but lies, right? What are you supposed to do? Come out from them and be what? Separate says who? The Lord, I'm not saying he did. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you, okay, is what the scripture has to say, okay? So the Bible says when it comes to unbelievers, i.e. non-Christians, what are we supposed to do? Yes, we hang out with them. Yes, we witness to them. Hello, right? And that's part of the reasons why we've been going through all these different studies, world religions, cults, and the alcohol. Hey, man, we need to get equipped so we can share with anybody, right? That's the whole premise. It isn't just, wow, I can now defeat your religion and prove that. It's not, no, It's so we can understand where they're coming from, we understand God's truth, so we know how to witness to them. So yes, of course we witness to the unbeliever, but that's not Paul's argument there. He says, listen, that we are to, yes, witness to them, but he says there the word yoked, okay, is the key word there, yoked, okay. Now listen to what that word means, to bound together with or to have fellowship with, right? Think about that. To be bound together with, okay, you're tying yourself together with them, okay and 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 you're having fellowship with them, okay, but now why does Paul say not to do that? Why does this say, says the Lord why would God do that? Why would God say, Don't be yoked with the unbeliever? because it's a mixture it, it's, it's God is holy, God is true, God's word is true, what God says is true, there's only one way, and then you try to mix that, bind that, bound that, have fellowship with. It's like oil and water, it doesn't work, it can't mix. And dare I say this, when you sit there and you mix and you try to mix Christianity and Mormonism and Christianity and Islam and and Christianity and Catholicism and and first of all, you're violating what God said to do, but listen, the lost is watching that, so every time when you try to say, yeah, we can all work together and squish together, what's the lost thing? Well, maybe Mormons got the right way. No, maybe the Catholics got it too. Right? And so what's the problem? It's 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 leading people astray. Because you by yoking with them, you're giving the impression that maybe their truth, not just your truth, is the truth. You see what I'm saying? And but there's only one truth. Our truth defined by the Bible, right? And so your behavior is leading people astray with people who are leading other Do you see what I'm saying? It's pretty common sense. It's not just well, it just doesn't mix. No, it's the witness to the lost, okay. Now, I said all that to basically get to this. Let me break this down. What would that look like today, okay? What what would this look like today, uh, uh, obeying uh, this passage, Second Corinthians chapter six? Well, let me let me let me break it down. What do righteousness have in wickedness with, in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Blythe? Let me translate. How can we quote get along with those who believe that we ourselves are gods? or burn in a mythical place called purgatory where we purge away our sins in order to get to heaven which is denying the cross by the way how can we join hands as born again Christians with those who would have you and I believe that sin is an illusion or that hell is only make believe or that heaven for some men will be to endlessly satisfy their lusts with as many virgins as they can which only happens after you kill a bunch of people we're supposed to join hands with that? How can we have unity with those who are claiming to be Christians yet state that one has to keep the sacraments in order to be saved or Satan does not exist or Christ's work on the cross was not secure and you got to finish the job. How how can we have fellowship with those who would have you and I believe that Jesus is not God. He's really the archangel Michael and, and others that would say again, guess who? He's the spirit brother of Satan. How do you work with that? Now, basically what I described to you is, of course, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, Catholicism, and and many of the false teachings of the charismatic movement, okay? But what does God say? Come out from among them and be what? Separate. You can't mix those two. And every time you try and give the lost person the impression that, well, they're working together. I guess Mormons might have. No. You can't do it. Now, I said all that to get to this. That's the ecumenical movement. That's what God says in response to that movement, that we all just got to get along, who cares about truth? You know, we, what's important is just unity. Biblical, I'll say it again, biblical unity is always based around the scripture. The Bible alone, period. God's the one that divines the truth. But unity at the expense of scripture is not scriptural. Do you get it? And, and then Second Corinthians 6 also blows that out of the water. Now, I said all that to get to this. I kid you not, man, as much of false teaching that we've seen so far from the charismatic movement, this is another big lie that they are using and they're cramming down. Because again, the charismatic movement would say that they are Protestants, Protestant Christians. And so the charismatic movement is encouraging Protestant Christianity to go back to Catholicism. Because we all have to get along. Now, let's lay the case for that tonight. Okay, you think, well, that's pretty crazy. No I'm, uh, Yeah, it is crazy, but it's unfortunate. But let's go ahead and revisit some things we saw before. Is the Roman Catholic Church really trying to develop a one-world religion where they're at the top and they are using the charismatics to suck in the so-called Protestant Church, right? Yes, they are. But let's first deal with the proof that the Vatican and and the popes, and frankly, even before Pope this current Pope, they've been doing this for a long time, folks. They want to gather all the world's religions together, okay, under their umbrella. And of course, what's the Bible say? Revelation say seventeen. That's the the global religion harlot, okay, the one world religion that's coming in the seven year tribulation. But let's take a look at some of that proof. The Vatican and the Roman Catholic Church, its Pope is currently leading the greatest ecumenical movement
1: in history in order to unite all religions under Rome's leadership. In 1986, Pope John Paul II gathered in Assisi, Italy, the leaders of the world's major religions, to pray for peace. There were snake worshippers, fire worshippers, spiritists, animists, Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus, North American witch doctors. I watched in astonishment as they walked to the microphone to pray. The Pope said they were all praying to the same God and that their prayers were creating a spiritual energy that was bringing about a new climate for peace. John Paul II allowed his good friend the Dalai Lama to put the Buddha on the altar in St. Peter's Church in Assisi and with his monks to have a Buddhist worship ceremony there while Shintoists chanted and rang their bells outside. The prophesied world religion is in the process of being formed before our eyes and the Vatican is the headquarters of the movement. Is this not spiritual fornication?
2: La mayor parte de los habitantes del planeta se declaran creyentes. Esto debería provocar un diálogo entre las religiones. No debemos dejar de orar por él y colaborar con quienes piensan distinto. Confío en Buda. Creo en Dios. Creo en Jesucristo. Creo en Dios. Allah. Muchos Piensan distinto, sienten distinto, buscan a Dios o encuentran a Dios de diversa manera. En esta multitud, en este abanico de religiones, hay una sola certeza que tenemos para todos. Todos somos hijos de Dios. Creo en el amor. Creo en el amor. Creo en el amor. Creo en el amor. Confío en vos para difundir mi petición de este mes. Que el diálogo sincero entre hombres y mujeres de diversas religiones conlleve frutos de paz y justicia. Confío en tu oración. We are called, as we like to say, to look into one another's eyes in order to see more deeply and in order to recognize the beauty of God in every living human being. Our advice
1: is to make friends to followers of all religions.
2: Muy importante porque. La mía, mi vida religiosa se enriqueció con las explicaciones de él, se enriqueció muchísimo, ¿no? Y supongo que también alguna mía, ¿no? Bueno. Fue nuestra vocación religiosa la que propició el que nos encontremos en la vida. No matter from which side of the mountain you are climbing, we should be helping each other. So that we can all get to the same place. So there is need for people to make friends. Personal contact, personal friendship. Then We can exchange a deeper level personal experience. We Honour other religions like you do your own. We need to get together and know one another,
3: just to discover and explore those uh, commonalities.
1: That starts a process where uh, prejudices uh, go away, where new insights are born, and where basically hope is born.
3: It's not complicated. I would say to everyone, start with sharing what we all share, which is the pleasure of conversation.
1: One of the wonderful things about spending time with people completely unlike you is you discover how much you have in common the same fears, the same hopes, the same concerns. I think I'll keep
4: it very simple. It's probably time to talk
1: less, listen more.
0: What was the common thread through all that? Who's in there promoting all this? Rhymes with the Pope, the Vatican. And not just the current Pope, but they've been doing this for quite some time. But do you see the seduction there? I mean, can't we all just get along? Just be friends? I mean, I believe in love. Don't you believe in love? That's good enough for us. Let's all come together and form a global religion. We'll bring peace to the planet. What's God say? You better get out from that. Because every single one of those paths, other than Jesus Christ, which is the bulk of them, lead people straight to hell. Right? You, you, You witness to every single one of those people. Absolutely. But you don't yoke yourself with them. You don't work with him but see that's what the ecumenical lie is you gotta you gotta all come together and and we just just find common ground you believe in love i believe in love okay that's good yeah but you say that you got to work your way to heaven that leads people to hell just love i mean didn't you hear that Beatles song you just gotta love 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 right right that's the mindset okay i like what the one guy said hey if the pope is not the false prophet he's trying real hard to get the job Okay, I'm not saying he is, but man, man, he's, and again, the Vatican's there. They're the one roping in. And, of course, the big thing is we'll be the guys at the top. We'll be the umbrella that all the rest of you guys come in line. Okay, that's, that's what's going on. And we've dealt with that uh, with our uh, prophecy studies. But my whole point is, okay, it's one thing for the world to fall for that. And did you notice there were several different so-called Protestant versions that are already going along with that? I'm telling you, folks, here in the United States especially, the, the charismatic movement, is encouraging the rest of us Protestants that we need to jump on the bandwagon. The charismatic, the big leaders, the word faith leaders are falling for this hook, line, and singer. And I'm telling you, it is, is coming into the church. Now, so how did that happen? How did the charismatic movement get linked in and sucked in with the, the Catholics? And how they get into this now promotion, which we'll see here in a little bit, of them saying, we got to come back to Catholicism. we gotta, we got to get back under the uh, umbrella of the Vatican. As crazy as that sounds okay well there was an event that happened in the 60's okay and it was basically the charismatic renewal okay this was in the 60's and let me explain how that happened okay uh, that basically the charismatic Catholic movement in the 60's were basically tongue speaking i.e. gibberish and this healing obviously guaranteed began to work its way into Catholic uh, churches I don't even like using that word uh, but in, into Catholicism okay and, uh, and begin to be picked up by Catholics Okay, uh, and so basically, they call themselves uh, charismatic Catholics. well, that doesn't make you a Christian, and so basically it's it's Catholics acting like charismatics, still holding on to the Catholicism. You see what I'm saying okay in, in fact, uh, they have a new style of worship, these charismatic Catholics that started this in the sixties okay outside of mass quote it includes charismatic worship holding prayer meetings featuring gifts of prophecy faith healing and gibberish and uplifted hands during songs and audible praying in gibberish so basically the charismatic renewal if you ever heard that term before is basically a, uh, char- a charismatic eyes catholic style you see what i'm saying doesn't make it uh, true doesn't make it true Christianity. It's just basically they took the the emotional hype, uh, if you will, the, the the focus on jumping up and down, the focus on the the gibberish, the focus on I got a word from God. God told me to tell you. It invaded into uh, Catholicism. Okay, now it began in 1966 when some Catholics were introduced to two books: The Cross and the Switchblade, and another book called They Speak with Other Tongues. And obviously, emphasize emphasized the gibberish aspect. Then in February 1967, uh, seven, these same Catholics exposed to those books were supposedly baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit when? Biblically? One time the day you get saved. Again, we saw that that's the... One of the many false teachings from the Charismatics is there's a second time you need to be baptized, a second blessing, they call it oftentimes, and that's when you get super-duper power, and then the, no, the, reason, and the proof that you got this super-duper power much better than those other Christians, it creates a class warfare, uh, is when you start speaking this gibberish. So this supposedly now happened to the Catholics, okay? Then the following week, they laid hands on other Catholics, and they also had, quote, an experience with the Spirit that means the spirit of God then they go to a retreat center where more people prayed over them and quote received the Holy Spirit and spoke in gibberish then this was uh, sent the news of it to another Catholic area where a similar event occurred and quote the renewal began to spread and today the Catholics uh, the, the charismatic Catholic renewal thing testify that listen this has led to a revitalization of their faith what do you mean revitalization well let me, and we've talked about this before I think one of the things that people kind of back into the, the charismatic movement and I'm talking even Protestants is they'll go to a Protestant service and it is so dry stale and dead okay that they're sick of it it's just dry stale orthodoxy right they, there's no emotion there's no passion there's no uh, 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 just. it's just dead and so they're looking for something, if you will, a little bit more touchy-feely, a little bit more emotion. Like, is God real to you people? You guys look like a bunch of mannequins. Right? Unfortunately, you can go to Protestant churches and that's how it is. We've joked before, my wife and I went to that one for three months, not, nobody said hi. We took showers, we even changed uh, brands of toothpaste, deodorant, we tried all kinds of techniques. It didn't work, but so they're out there. But what's happening is there's a reactionary movement from that, people go, well, these guys, at least they raise their hands. And, and again, we went through all this, I'm not we're not splitting hairs I'm not saying that makes you more spiritual or better or whatever I'm just saying they went from compl- they went from one problem to another problem right and uh, that these guys at least there's more life and so they, they, they back into it okay now so the Catholics are saying because you know stand up sit down right and then here comes this, these charismatic styles into the Catholics and so what do the Catholics say it's renewed my faith doesn't mean you're saved or whatever it's just now you got kind of this emotional hype going on and anything that's an emotional high kind of makes you feel better, right? Gives you an emotional high. Doesn't make it true. Doesn't mean it's substance. So so that's what they said. Now, there's two things. They said this invasion of the charismatic style into Catholicism, quote, renewed their faith and listen, led them to a deeper devotion of Jesus Christ and his truth. (laughs) Nope. Led to a deeper devotion of the Eucharist and a fuller appreciation of their liturgy. In other words, this works great with our Catholic lie, this charismatic lie, and all this hypersensationalism. It's great, they meld together perfectly, is really what they're saying. Then in 1975, Pope Paul VI uh, officially welcomed these uh, Catholic charismatics, now why? Because believe it or not, listen to how many there are. So-called practicing charismatic Catholics, okay? It grew to over, as of 2013, 230 different countries worldwide and 160 million believers so it, it's, it's a large chunk of Catholicism is wanting a more of a charismatic kind of style worship Okay, again doesn't make you Christian right? it's just that kind of style now so if you know the Catholic Church what do they typically do to people who deviate Remember our study in Roman Catholicism? What did they do to people who deviated from the Pope being the vicar of Christ in place of Christ is what that means. They kill you. They drowned you. They burned you at the stake. They choked you to death. Uh, was it uh, John Wycliffe that got so mad at him because he had the audacity to translate the Bible in English so people could read it? Remember that? They not only, uh, uh, he, uh, they, uh, he, he had died a natural death, but they, they got so mad at him, they dug up his body, burned his bones, and threw him into a river. But John Huss, another one contemporary at the time, right, they did burn him alive at the stake, right? And think, I mean, so it's horrible. We, we saw that all the torture things, that the Catholicism, putting people on the rack and all that stuff, the Inquisition, all that stuff, right? So you're thinking, wow, that's 160 million people of Catholics that they're losing. What are they gonna do? Okay? Usually putting people on a rack today is a little bit too obvious. Okay? But they want to control them. And what they did is they launched something called CARIS. Okay, let me spell it for you. CARIS is the movement and it stands for of course like charismatic, okay? Uh, But Catholic Charismatic Renewal International Service. And so basically my interpretation you'll see in a second is this is their way to keep an eye on these folks. But keep you under the umbrella of Catholicism. Let's take a look at that.
4: The Charismatic Renewal emerged after a student spiritual retreat in the United States in 1967. It seeks to relive the experience of the Apostles when the Holy Spirit descended upon them at Pentecost. The Vatican has announced its plans to establish a unified international service for the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. It's called Caris and will be launched on December 8th. According to the Dicastery for Laity Family and Life, Charismatic Renewal has many different communities, initiatives for evangelization, and prayer groups, including many realities recognized in different dioceses or internationally. This organization will be in their service and help accommodate all their needs.
0: Interesting. So here's my theory that's going on with that. of course, uh, number one, it's obvious that uh, typically it's not good press if you do what you did before and you murder tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who deviate from your... Your false teaching okay uh, so here's a big chunk that is getting into this charismatic style worship of Catholicism so you launch this oversight group called Charis okay and this is the way to say okay we acknowledge you but we're also going to keep an eye on you and we're going to keep you under the umbrella of Catholicism now that also fits their plan because the, the Pope as you saw is happy to work with Muslims as long as they're under the what the umbrella of the Vatican. He's happy to work with uh, the Sikhs and the Dalai Lama as long as what? Buddhism and all the Sikhs and they're under the umbrella. You see what I'm saying? So I think he's more than happy to work with these guys. Just make sure you're under the umbrella. But I also believe, and this is my theory, I'm just doing this as a theory based on what I observe here. I think there's another reason why and they even admit it in print. Another reason why that they have allowed this kind of charismatic influx to create a large group of so-called charismatic Catholics and here's what they say um, it's for quote promoting and working for unity among all Christians and it was thought that these practices the charismatic coming into the Catholic Church would draw the Catholic Church and Protestant communities closer together in a truly spiritual ecumenism that's from them that's from this carries right so my theory is yeah you want to keep them under your umbrella because it's not really popular today to put people on the rack again okay but at the same time you purposely allowed it to take place because the charismatic movement is a chunk of the protestant movement that you need to come back under your umbrella for your global religion and so let we'll we'll let you invade a big sector of us because we're going to turn right around and use that as a springboard to come get you you see what I'm saying now if you don't think that that's their substance to that uh we're gonna prove that uh right now okay now we're gonna revisit some videos we saw in our prophecy studies on this aspect but let's go back to the charismatics okay it's one thing to say well the catholics allowed that to happen so they cannot just keep control of these people but they can spring right back board uh, across and go grab those protestants and tell them to come back to the vatican uh well it it's working And it's working specifically with the charismatics. And the first one we're going to start off with is Kenneth Copeland. We've seen this video before. But Kenneth Copeland actually piped in a live message with Pope Francis into his so-called Protestant church. Right? Now, if I got up here on a Sunday and says, hey, guys, got a special event for you. In fact, as you're going to see him say, you're going to remember this for a long time. If I said, man, I got something special for you guys. I didn't even prepare a sermon. Don't need to, because we got something special. You know what we're going to do? We're going to have, I'm going to pipe it on the screen. Rob's been working hard. We got it all figured out online. We're going to have a private live message from the Pope declaring that we're all Christians and we all need to get together. What would you guys do? I hope you fire me. I hope you fire me on the spot. But this guy not only did it, But wait till you hear the words come out of the mouth of the Catholic bishop, who was also friends with Kenneth Copeland for a long time. Listen to what he says about what's happening to the Protestant movement. Let's take a look.
1: Thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Lord. (laughs) You're going to talk about tonight for a long (laughs) time. Brother Tony, come on up, would you please? And uh, Tony Palmer, some of you may know Tony. Tony and I go way back, but he's going he's to be telling you the story. I asked him to come give his testimony, and he's got a special message for us tonight.
3: Forgive me this opportunity to spend a couple of moments introducing to you something really, really special and historic.
2: Dear brothers and sisters, Excuse me, because I speak in Italian, e pregare al Signore perché ci unisca tutti. E avanti, siamo fratelli, ci diamo spiritualmente questo abbraccio e lasciamo che il Signore finisca l'opera che Lui ha incominciato. Perché questo è un miracolo. Il miracolo dell'unità è, è incominciato. Vi chiedo di benedirmi e io vi benedico. Di fratello a fratello, un abbraccio. Grazie.
3: This brought an end to the protest of Luther. Brothers and sisters, Luther's protest is over is yours and I get a bit cheeky here because I challenge my Protestant pastor friends if there is no more protest how can there be a Protestant church maybe we now we're all Catholics again
0: (laughs) and they laughed at it a so-called Protestant church laughed at what that guy just said Luther's protest is over. So how about, Can I translate that for you? Luther's protest was what? What was Luther's big statement? He realized, he finally read in Romans, the just shall live by works, no, by faith. And it's only in faith in Jesus Christ how to get to heaven, not the sacrodotal uh, uh, works-based system, false teaching from Catholicism. He's saying it's over. And the so-called Protestant church from Kenneth Copeland, word, faith, heretic, Okay, the charismatic community is piping in this message as if it's a good deal. And they go way back. This is crazy. But again, do you see, I think the Catholic Church allowed this charismatic style of worship to invade Catholicism up to a certain point so they could turn around and say, aha, we're going to create unity out of that and we're going to come get you. You see where I'm going with this? And it's working because the charismatic community which is supposed to be representing Protestant Christianity, he's falling for it to the point where you're going to pipe in the Pope and, 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 and laugh when they says, basically, we're all Catholics again. This is crazy, folks, but this is what's going on in the charismatic community and they are promoting it. And you're thinking, well, maybe it's just Kenneth Copeland, he's the only charismatic leader doing this. Uh-uh. A lot of them, and the same ones, the word-faith heretic, are on this. They think the Pope is a great guy. He's wonderful. Let me give you a little bit more. Uh, Here we see a bunch of charismatics uh, with the Pope, John and Carol Arnott, Brian Stiller, Kenneth Copeland, as you can see, uh, Pope Francis, Thomas Schurmarker, Jeff Tuniclip, James and Betty Robeson, and again, the Bishop Tony uh, Palmer, the guy who just said we're all Catholics. Uh, It's one thing to meet with the guy, but the purpose was to meet was to what? Unity and diversity. You can call it what you want. What's God say? Get out of there. You can't be yoked with this kind of stuff. What are you doing? Catholicism uh, is a works-based salvation. That's a false gospel. How are you, you want to witness to Catholics? Go all the way, all day long. But there is no unity in diversity. That's an oxymoron. It's like icy, hot, peaceful war. Again, yummy chicken. You can't have it. Unity and divert. No, there's unity only around God. You don't divert from that and then say, well, we're still unified. No, you're not it's an oxymoron but anyway uh, then they start making strange statements this is uh, James Robeson here he's giving the Pope a high five they're having a good old chummy time here he says and this is from Robeson listen to this he said the enemy has kept many Christians from loving one another as Christ loves us and have failed to recognize uh, the importance of supernatural unity even with all the unique diversity this week I was blessed to be a part of perhaps an unprecedented moment between evangelicals and the Catholic Pope I believe I'm uh, beginning to witness what Jesus prayed for and he's thinking in John 17 when Jesus prayed for unity now uh, if anything what he's witnessing is uh, Jesus warning in Matthew 24 uh, don't be deceived okay he said years ago God told me oh there's that phrase again God told me to reach out beyond the safe comfortable walls of my Southern Baptist tradition beyond denominational barriers and to seek to bring the family together oh how I hope that and I pray that is the case dear God please let it happen and let me be gladly a part of what? coming back together working with catholicism which is a works-based salvation false gospel and you think that's great and you're giving them a high five that's your version of unity god says get out of there what are you doing right you can't mix the two and then when you do that and the lost person sees you working with the pope saying the pope's a great guy and you give him a high five then people say well maybe i'll go mr Robertson's way Maybe I'll go the Pope's way. I mean, it's got to be the same. They're all working together. Do you see the problem? That's why you can't be yoked with them. Okay, and, and, and again, but you think, well, unfortunately, that's just the charismatic movement. No, I'm telling you now it's step two. The, the Catholics allowed, I believe, my theory, charismatic kind of style worship to come in to create a unity between the two to become an excuse to now let's go get the charismatic community which is a large chunk of the Protestant community but now it's invading the non-charismatic Protestant community via the charismatics. Let me demonstrate that and the first one is with a lady named Beth Moore. Beth Moore is a very popular uh, uh, teacher and uh, there's got some problems with her. I'm going to get a couple of them uh, and, but here's my problem she's hanging out with mr. high-five the Pope right James Robeson so she's hanging out it's like if you want to follow where somebody's gonna probably end up watch who they f- start to hang out with unfortunately it starts to rub off right and so she's hanging out with this guy who thinks the Pope's great okay and uh, and then not only that she's also hanging out with uh, another false teacher charismatic like Kenneth Copeland word faith and that's Joyce Meyer right in fact here's the Twitter of Joyce being so glad to have Beth Moore on her program okay and you're thinking well okay well so that's probably not the good choice to be on a heretics uh, program you know what are you doing as a supposed uh, Protestant evangelical person on a heretics channel that's one thing It, it wasn't just going on the show folks wait till you see what Beth Moore said about Joyce Meyer who we saw last week had a ton of false teachings. Watch this. This is very disturbing.
4: ...me and that I am in, in him and that he is, um, he is uh, working around me in what, uh, in what I'm encountering. So it's going to start off right there. The devil thought he had it. The devil thought he'd won. Oh, they were having the biggest party that had ever been had. They had my Jesus in the floor. And they were standing on His back, jumping up and down, laughing. And He had become sin. Don't you think that God was pacing, wanting to put a stop to what was going on? All the hosts of hell were up on Him. upon Him. Up on Him. The angels are in agony. All the creation is groaning all the host of hell was upon him up on him they got on him they got him down in the floor and got on him i was astonished when i came um to the ministry today joyce um what god has used you to do, and the magnitude of it, I guess perhaps the place that you get the most peace is that you know no human being could possibly have come up exactly. with it. You have to know God is with you because nobody could have do done no, do it. No. no, And I thought, I asked the Lord this morning in my hotel room. I said, you know what? I want, I want to be a blessing to Joyce. I said, I know she's going to be a blessing to me, but how could I bless her? Lord, she, what... Uh, what could I do? She, you've blessed her in such uh, magnificent ways. and th- What could she possibly um, want or need from somebody like me? And, you know, I thought to myself, I, I don't have uh, much to offer you but this, Joyce Meyer. I offer you my respect. Thank you. I offer you my esteem. And I say to you, you are a mighty, mighty woman of God, and you have run and are running your race well. That I can bring you today. That I have to give
0: That's disturbing to me personally, amongst other things. You're praising and promoting a false heretic charismatic teacher, and we saw last time, what are you supposed to do with false teachers according to the Bible? You call them out. And you, you don't befriend them, and you certainly uh, don't go soft, uh, yet she esteems her, she apparently looks up to her, and she actually says, "You're a mighty woman of God, and you're running your race for God no you're, you're you're polluting the church with false teaching, but how could you say that now see here's the problem with that: because she yoked with Joyce Meyer, and Beth Moore is supposed to be representing a large chunk of the Protestant church that granted is not charismatic what is the impression people get? I guess Joyce Meyer's pretty good and so you know what they're going to do? They're going to go start checking out Joyce Meyer and get involved in all those false te- you see what I'm saying? That's why God says get out of there! What are you doing? Now it's one thing to sit there and praise her and say she's a mighty woman of God when she's a false teacher heretic that's bad enough but if you keep listening to what's been going on with Beth Moore Beth Moore her, her phraseology is getting very charismatic-y if that's a word and if you listen to a lot of her, what's coming out of her mouth are phrases like this. Well, you know, God told me, I just, I had this, this vision of the church, this, this, this dream, and I, I really felt that her verbiage is starting to get charismatic. Now, I can't prove it, but I'm going, well, you're hanging out with the charismatics. The next thing you know, you're starting to act like one, sound like one. Not only that, but then, just like the charismatics are doing, now Beth Moore is saying the Catholics Christians like us. Watch this.
4: Right over here to my right, you see First United Methodist Church of Less Than Land. Right behind them, you would find just down the street, just across the street really, you've got Christ the Redeemer Lutheran Church. Every single one of my sisters in this area attends a Lutheran church, which thrills me. These all attend a Methodist church. I can't tell you how I love that kind of diversity. What I've asked these ladies to do right here, now this makes it a little bit different because they do go to different churches, but what I've asked them to represent tonight to us is an African-American church that we're going to call Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church. Is that good? Did I do good? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right back here, I want you to meet St. Anne's Catholic Church of Lesson Land. These ladies come. Every single one of them, although they don't go to one Catholic church, every single one of them attend a Catholic church, probably right here in Houston. And I am so thrilled that they are here. What I've asked my sisters to do here, actually, they represent many different churches, but they represent one church in our midst tonight. These are our sisters that attend different charismatic churches in the city. But tonight, they attend Abundant Life Church. Is that good?
0: No, it's not good. Notice the last two examples? Not just charismatics, but and apparently your so-called message was on unity in the church. You just snuck in what? The Catholics. As we saw for 12 weeks, is Roman Catholicism the same thing as biblical Christianity? Do they have the same Jesus, the same way of salvation? Absolutely not. So, how could you be sitting there on stage and say, I'm so glad you're here, there are sisters, and why, how did that even in so called Christian unity? How did you put them in the equation? Why don't you just put the Mormons up there or Jehovah's Witnesses? They're works based too. What's going on here? Well, i got a theory, and it goes like this. First, you allow the charismatic thing to create a movement into your thing, the Catholics, so you can have a ground to work with and so-called unity. Then you're going to springboard off of that, and you're going to go get the charismatics to get you back under their umbrella, and then you're going to use the charismatics to go get the rest of the Protestant church. That's my theory. I'm kind of sticking to it based on the evidence. But you think, okay, well, unfortunately, that's just Beth Moore. No, it gets even worse. It's not just, again, the females. Uh, it's even the males, okay? Even other uh, uh, pastors, the pastors, including. Boy, you could, we could have programs on this guy, and I'm so tempted to have a bunch, but man, I'm trying to wrap this part two up. Uh, Joel Osteen. Now, Joel Osteen, if you don't know, of course, is the king of fluff, right? And there's uh, again, we could have all kinds of programs on this guy, and uh, not just the false teaching, but he refuses to stand on the truth uh, and things of that nature. Period okay and also it's just a bunch of fluff stuff but he's also some people may not realize this Joel Olsen is a word faith false teacher the same thing with Kenneth Copeland those guys the, the powers in your words and you can just have the best life now and all that kind of, it's, it's word faith so he's in that same camp okay uh well gee guess what he's also saying that man the pope he's just an awesome guy you know we, we really need to listen to him right let's take a look at that
5: More than 60,000 people will pack Yankee Stadium tomorrow for a night
4: of hope. It's a huge event featuring Lakewood Church Pastor Joel Osteen and his wife Victoria. Before he arrived in New York, Osteen paid a special visit to the Vatican where he met with Pope Francis.
5: Tonight, Osteen shares the experience with Local 2 anchor Dominique Soxa.
4: As we sat down and talked about the preparations for the big event, Joel revealed to me an incredible opportunity he just had to meet with Pope Francis.
0: I just felt very honored and very humbled. Seeing the Pope give the mass to 100,000 people that day, you just see, you know, he's had such a heart to help people. I love the fact that he's made the church
3: more inclusive, not trying to make it smaller, but to try to make it larger, to take everybody in. So
0: that just resonates with me.
4: With Rome behind him, Joel feels he has divine inspiration fueling his message for tomorrow night.
0: You notice the statements there? He's excited that the, the Pope Knows how the church is now. It's all of us, Catholics and Christians, that he's not inclusive. It's all of us. It's, it's. We could all work together, and he's great. And I feel inspired. And right. So, so he's falling for this too, and promoting it. And he's a big chunk of what's considered, even though a lot of false teaching, Protestant Christianity. So not just Beth Moore, but now Joel Olstein. And these, are, these represent folks, these guys, these false teachers, unfortunately, even in the Protestant church, who may not you be looked upon as necessarily charismatic or hyper charismatic, but they still believe a lot of the false teachings, okay? But they have a big media outreach. They're some of the largest congregations in the whole United States. So what these people do, guess what? People in the pews, they just swallow it down. So that's another huge influence okay speaking of another huge influence a large congregation another one who's fallen for this uh, and apparently has been for quite some time has been Rick Warren right Rick Warren uh, as we saw before is uh, a big part of the ecumenical movement uh, even to the point with his uh, so called peace plan uh, trying to get other religions all of us to work together Uh, it's also part of Chrislam uh, trying to merge Christianity with Islam remember that we studied that and dealt with that aspect as well Uh, but Rick Warren also believes that the Pope is awesome the Vatican is awesome in fact he so much believes in Roman Catholicism that he is helping them to evangelize with his techniques and he watches Catholic programs with his wife to wind down at the end of the day I didn't say that he did and this was on EWTN uh, with uh, this Aurora guy who now is a uh, guy on Fox News But this is on the Catholic Channel, and they interviewed him. Watch what Rick Warren says about Catholicism and the Pope. This is nuts.
3: What is your secret to reaching people every day, every week, not only in your
5: writing, but when you
3: speak to them? What is it? What is this communication
5: gift, if you will, if you could decode it? The the main thing is love always reaches people. Authenticity, humility, Pope... Francis is is the perfect example of this. Hmm. He is is doing everything right. You see, people will listen to what we say if they like what they see. See. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, as our new Pope, he was very, very symbolic in... You know, his first mass with people of AIDS, uh, his, his uh, kissing of uh, of the disformed man, yeah. his loving the children, this authenticity, this humility, the caring for the poor. This is what the whole world expects us Christians to do. Hmm. And when we, when they go, oh, that's what a Christian does. I, in fact, there's a headline here in Orange County, and I love the headline. I saved it. It said... If you love Pope Francis, you'll love Jesus. (laughs) That that was a headline? That was a headline. It was a headline. I saved it. I showed it to a group of priests I was uh, speaking to a while back. I love that. When I walked
3: into your office here, I was struck. You have three images and personal notes that confront the person walking into your office. And there is Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King. Right and Billy Graham. Right. Why those three what do they give you and what have they well, given?
5: Well, the, the only thing the only one who's missing was Pope John Paul II. Those four people were the greatest influences on the 20th century without a doubt. The Vatican recently sent a delegation
3: here to Saddleback, the yeah. Pontifical Council, or the Academy for Life. Rather. Academy for Life, exactly. Tell me what they discovered and why did they come? This was a, this was a sizable group.
5: It was. There were about 30 bishops from Europe. Um, one of the men who had been uh, actually trained and mentored by Jean Vanier, oh. and, which is an interesting thing because we have a retreat center here, and my spiritual director... Uh, who grew up at Saddleback, actually uh, went and trained under John Vanier, too. So I'm very excited about that. Um, But they were talking about the new evangelization, and Saddleback uh, has been very effective in reaching secular mindset. So we figured out a way to reach that mindset, and I fully support the Catholic Church's new evangelization. Tell me about your... The little breather you take in the day when you watch television, which surprised me. When we uh, first met, you yeah. came
3: up to me and said, "Hey, Raymond," and I said, yeah. "I can't believe you watch this." You know show. what? I'm
5: an avid fan of EWTN. I, I make no bones about it. I probably watch it more than any Christian channel uh, Why? because <laughs> I happen to have one of my favorite shows, which you replete often, is the, the Chapel of Divine Mercy. Really? Which uh, I love. And when I've had a very stressful day, I'll come home. I've got it taped, and Kay and I will both listen. We'll, Put it on and just sit back, relax, worship, and and in that that time of reflection, meditation, quietness, I find myself renewed and restored. So Hmm. thank you for continuing to replay the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Thank Mother Angelica. Uh, Thank you, Mother Angelica.
0: Where do you start with that? Did you notice how he's constantly blurring the terminology, Catholics, and they say, we Christians, not just the Pope, but our Pope? if you like Pope or if you like Pope Francis you like Jesus it's like what this guy and what he represents Roman Catholicism is a works based false gospel leading people to hell and you're teaching them how to evangelize I mean where do you even start with this and by the way, he was also speaking at a gathering of assemblies of God pastors in Phoenix, Arizona at their biennial council. And it's like, well, okay, what are you doing? You're hanging out. And he said to them, and I quote, you don't need to change any of your Pentecostal practices. What do you mean you don't need to change anything? We've seen all kinds of false teachings that if you're, one, if you're a Christian, you need to line up with the Bible. And, and What? So again, you, you put this together, and I'm going to trace the trail. You allowed Catholicism, your Catholic people to get influenced with the charismatic style of worship and then keep an umbrella to keep a tight watch on. them. But you use that to create a sense of unity, commonality between you and the charismatics so that then you could turn around and get the charismatics to come back to the Vatican. And then you use the charismatics who's representing the Protestant church to begin to infect the other large influencers in the Protestant church like a Beth Moore like a Joel Olstein, and now Rick Warren you just add those last three together how many millions of Protestant Christians do they influence every week and you don't think they're not going to get this dribble again I think the Vatican knows exactly what they're doing but now you're sitting there like I was wondering I had to look this up I remember back in the day and he's sitting there going like him and his wife sit down if they're stressful day and they watch this Mother Angelica thing and that's how they wind down What's, I never heard of that What's my, thank you Mother Angelica who's Mother Angelica well here's the program I got it on tape that Rick Warren admitted he and his wife love more than any other program here it is
1: in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen, Amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us.
4: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
0: that Rick Warren admitted on tape that he and his wife listened to after a stressful day. Thank you, Mother Angelica. Reciting mindless Catholic prayers, Hail Marys, flipping through the rosary, Catholic liturgy. Uh, What? I got a problem with that. Anybody got a problem with that? And what's God say? What are you doing? Get out of there. Come out from a moment and be separate. What are you doing? What are you doing? How could you promote stuff like this? Get, get, be, come out and be separate. And not just for your sake, but when you come up with those people that are leading people to hell because it's a workspace false gospel, you're given the lost impression, well, maybe that's the way too. And you're gonna stand accountable for that. But again, that's a huge sector of so-called Protestant Christianity that's getting sucked into this and is actually promoting it okay but again my question is when push comes to shove and not said the day comes that Pope Francis says you know what we've all been working together for a long time we we, we all just need to you know for the sake of maybe even with the the COVID virus we we all just need to come together as religions right do you think Rick Warren's going to say no do you think the people that follow him are going to say no do you think uh, Joel Olstein's going to say no and the millions of people that follow him are going to say no and dare I say even Beth Moore and we can go on and on folks but do you see the invasion that's happening okay now as crazy as it is it isn't just people saying yeah let's work with them you have people who are actually forsaking Protestantism that Jesus is the only way and they're going back to Catholicism becoming Catholics And I'm talking so-called Protestant ministers. Watch this. This is just one example.
1: Larry Lewis is one of a growing number of individuals who converted.
0: I was a Protestant minister for over 30 years in different areas
3: of of ministry. And uh, I was very content, happy, uh, thrilled about it, actually. And uh, then uh, pastoring the United Methodist Church uh, in the middle of that, of my pastorate uh, there, we were kind of blindsided by the Blessed Mother. She kind of came out of nowhere and uh, really began to turn our whole lives around.
1: Stephen Barham, a popular speaker at Marian Conferences, attended Assemblies
5: of God before becoming a priest. The content is the same basic structure as the gospel. Repent, be converted, fast,
1: pray, pray for the renewal of the church, go back to the sacraments,
0: that's not the gospel that's a works-based gospel which is a false gospel but the two examples there was a so-called Protestant minister a Methodist who as we saw before is back in the history section where this second blessing thing came from that the charismatics picked up on pushed even further but in assemblies of God guy, and both they what? they both what? they walked away from Protestantism what is Protestantism? we protest we protest against specifically what? The lies of the Roman Catholic Church that say you have to keep the sacraments to be saved when the just shall live by faith in Jesus alone. And then here comes all your sola, uh, sola by, uh, alone, Bible alone, faith alone, grace alone. That's, where, that's what came out of the Protestant movement. That's Protestant Christianity. And these guys say, nope, I'm going back to Catholicism and a false gospel. Now, how do you explain that? Well, they lost their salvation. No. Bingo. They never had it. It's like you're reading your Bible. First John chapter two, nineteen. They went out from us, but they didn't really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but they're going so that none of them belonged to us. Those guys apparently went to school. They became pastors, one with his Methodists, one became in Assemblies of God. Pastor. They walked away. Why? Because they were never saved in the first place. So my point is, where's this coming from? And where's it going? The Bible says in the last days, some of the things you're going to see on the planet is a one world government, a one world economy, a mark of the beast, and a one world religion. And the Vatican, the Catholic Church for a long time, has been working on bringing all religions, including the unthinkable, Protestant Christianity under their umbrella, and they've used the charismatic movement I believe to get their foot in the door and now it's been working so well that so-called Protestants who wouldn't consider themselves charismatics are falling for it as well and this is the sign you're living in the last days so again unfortunately on top of everything and the lies and false teaching we're seeing the charismatic movement this ecumenical lie is another thing that they're being promoted. You said. well, how could they do that? Why would they do that? Because what's the whole premise? What's the big premise about the charismatic movement? They say they follow the Bible, right? If they did, how could you do this? How could you get past 2 Corinthians 6? They say they follow the Bible, but what they really follow is God told me to tell you. Or I'm a prophet of God. I had a dream, and in that dream, God told me to tell you. Or this is what this vision means, and I think that's what, God's given me a new word for the church today. Really? Then why aren't you doing a new New Testament? right it's because they're outside the Bible why are the Catholics getting it wrong because they say they follow the Bible but they don't they listen to the words of the Pope they listen to the words of the church councils and the church fathers so they they jump outside the Bible three different ways why do Mormons don't get it because they say they follow the Bible but they really don't they follow the Book of Mormon which is whooped up by Joseph Smith and a bunch of other religious books that they whipped up as well Why do the Jehovah's Witnesses don't get It's because they've taken the Bible and they twisted it to their false teachings and come out with their own version of the Bible. And on and on it goes. Why do we have so many different false teachings, so many false teachers, so many different religions, even pseudo-Christian religions? Because you say you follow the Bible, but you don't. When push comes to shove, you go outside the Bible and that's exactly what's happening as well with the charismatic movement as well. But Lord willing, next time, we're going to get into the final aspect that I'll be dealing with and that's the new apostolic reformation and this is kind of the latest lie that they're promoting and uh, apparently we need to not only uh, get involved in these charismatic practices but uh, unless their version of Christianity takes over the planet uh, Jesus can't come back Uh, and then you're thinking who in the world would fall for that well they're using something to seduce people into that false teaching and it's called music and we'll deal with Hillsong. We'll deal with Bethel again and see how the young millennials are getting sucked into this because, you know, that's what makes for a lively service is, is music, not Bible study. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. God bless.